really happy to welcome Louise Miller, or I should say welcome back, Louise Miller to Oxford to give the talk today. Louise is from Spain. He did his uh, PhD with the Spanish Council for Scientific Research, and then he spent a couple of years in Jena with the Max Planck Institute there. Uh, and he then spent, I think, three years with us in Oxford uh, at the Center for Experimental Social Sciences. And Louise was the lab manager there and was instrumental to many very, really interesting uh, laboratory work uh, done when he was here. Sadly, though, uh, <laughs> Louise uh, moved on to a better position. Now he is in the University of uh, the Basque Country. But the research he reports today uh, is what he did with uh, a few colleagues when he was in Oxford uh, last year. Uh, it's very unusual uh, for sociologists. Uh, these uh, actually do experiment, so with their randomization and so on. So, um, so over to you, Louise. Thank you very much, uh, Win. Um, thank you very much for the invitation, and of course, it's a pleasure to be to be back. Um, this is a joint work with um, uh, uh, Abigail Barr, who was also a researcher at Oxford University last, uh, until last year. Now she's a, a reader at the University of uh, Nottingham. Um, also Ingrid Shaw, um, she was a DPhil in, in, in economics here in Oxford, and now she has um, she got a real job and she's working for <laughs> uh, McKinsey. And, and <laughs> And Justine uh, Barnes, uh, she is a um, professor at the University of uh, Cape Town in, in South Africa. Um, and you will see that uh, part of the research was done in, in also in, in South Africa. Okay, um, so we claim that uh, uh, issues of uh, inequality, distribution and redistribution are now more important than ever. So um, a year ago when the... Um, I think it was a year ago when the Tories uh, won the elections. Um, basically, one of the things that uh, David Cameron was talking about all the time was fairness. Okay. Now, um, also people like uh, those uh, occupying uh, Wall Street at the, at the moment are talking about fairness and justice. And I guess that is not difficult to think that um, uh, both David Cameron and um, and and people occupying um, Wall Street will be talking about different notions of fairness, right? So this is our starting point. So, so we know that there are, that people have different notions of fairness. And then, um, and this is a good uh, starting point for a sociologist because if there are people with different notions of fairness, we can try to explain why uh, different people will have different notions of fairness of distributed justice. And our hypothesis in this paper is that uh, individuals' notions of distributed justice will be associated with their, economic, their relative economic status. So their economic status relative to others within their own society. So their economic position in society. And our conjecture will be that uh, um, the tendency to respect the earnings of others so the, the, the tendency to um, value uh, meritocratic values will be related to relative economic status. So this is the idea. The idea is that uh, um, we will see that different uh, types of people will have different notions of distributive justice, of fairness, and we will try to explain at least partly why. And the main variable that we will consider will be relative economic status. We conducted two experiments, the first one in Oxford, and the second one uh, was designed to, to test um, how general was the finding that we got in, in Oxford, and we went to um, Cape Town in South Africa, and we replicated the same experiment. Okay, so we are not the first, of course, to, to to discuss about uh, um, um, justice and, and how relative economic status um, um, 
affect individual notions of, of justice. Um, in economics, for instance, uh, here I'm, I'm going to present a very brief um, overview of, of the debate in, in, in political economy. So there were first some early theoretical models. The, 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 the first one was uh, by Meltzer and Richards in the 81. And then the idea is that uh, if people care only about their own consumption, their own um, money, uh, poor people will prefer redistribution, while the rich did not, right? So, I mean, it's very intuitive. So, if, if we think that people only care about money, basically, if people who have less money will prefer more redistribution. And then, from that, there has been several lines of research um, to explain um, why there is more or less redistribution in different places, right? So first, there were some people talking about that, uh, um, well, um, we may want to have redistribution because uh, we know that there is, a, there is, some, there some, uh, there is some research claiming that there is a link between inequality and crime, or there is a, a link between um, um, more equality and uh, positive uh, externalities to education, right? So we may prefer redistribution as a society because it has positive effects. But also, uh, we may not want, some people may not want redistribution because even though if they are poorer, they may think that in the future uh, they will have some prospect for upward mobility. So, so and this will be uh, something that uh, it will suppress uh, preferences for distribution, right? So this was only uh, to tell you something about the, the, the debate in political economy. So there are some reasons why we could expect people wanting more redistribution. And there are some reasons why we could expect people not wanting redistribution. Now, and this is very important for what, what I'm going to tell um, next. What we are interested in is not whether people want more or less redistribution. What we are interested in is individual notions of distributive justice. So we want to know, we are interested in uh, individual preferences relating directly to the level of inequality. So it's not that uh, uh, I'm poor and I want more redistribution. It's that I believe that there should be more redistribution, right? So this is the difference. Why? Um, what is our, our approach? Or how are we going to interpret um, um, the findings? Well, first, we believe, we, we think that uh, people uh, in general suffer of uh, what is called a self-serving bias. What is a self-serving bias? So you have a couple of um, quotations in, on the, on the um, slide. So self-serving bias would be a situation in which people will arrive at judgment of what is fair or right that are biased in the direction of their own self-interest. So the idea here is that uh, it's not only that, for instance, poor people will prefer more redistribution is that poor people will believe that redistribution is, or, or more redistribution is the, is the right thing to do. And in a very recent paper, probably is the best review that we have um, so far about uh, preferences for the redistribution, we see the same idea. So Alessina and Giuliano said that um, rich people are likely to believe strongly in the beneficial incentives effect, incentive effects of inequality so as to justify, in terms of efficiency, their preferences for less equality, right? So the idea is that uh, so people, pre, uh, rich people prefer less redistribution and they try to find um, a way of uh, accommodating that idea in a normative sense. So they will say that they want less redistribution 
because of efficiency. And second, um, they say that the opposite uh, uh, applies for those less wealthy and or left-leaning individuals. They tend to disregard the incentive effects of inequality to justify their ideological preferences for equality. So, so this is the idea. The idea is that it's not that uh, uh, preferences for redistribution itself, but preferences for the level of equality in society. Again, um, as I said, we are not the first in doing empirical research on this topic, and there, there, is already, um, um, there are already important findings concerning um, preferences for redistribution um, using um, overall um, survey data. And for instance, we know that uh, um, um, things like uh, um, gender or um, employment status or education um, and, and others, other variables will affect preferences for the distribution. And now, again, such data, we think that does not allow us to isolate the effect of direct preferences relating to inequality from the, the, from the effect of the simple preference for higher own current and future consumption. So this is the idea. And this is why we conduct an experiment. So, so uh, we think that um, we think that uh, with survey data we cannot separate preferences for uh, more income now from preferences for um, the level of inequality in society. And then what we do is that we conduct uh, an experiment. And now the this was the, the, the motivation, and now I'm going to tell you what we did. First, what we did in Oxford, and second, we will move and, I will move and, and tell you what we did in, in Cape Town. When we decided to conduct an experiment in Oxford, the first thing that we did was to um, look at the experimental literature and see uh, what other people have done before. And what other people have done before or what other people have found before is what we call the earned endowment effect. And in um, experimental research, the earned endowment effect means that uh, the allocations that participants make to themselves and others reflect initial endowments considerably more when those endowments are earned rather than when they are pure windfall games. What does it mean? This means that um, I will give you more if you deserve it. If you, for instance, if you have earned, um, if you have earned the right to receive more. This is the idea, right? So that people will, when, when, when people distribute money, they will make a distinction between those that deserve that money or in situations in which people deserve that money or situations in which people don't. Okay, but as in many other experimental studies, uh, most of these studies were conducted with student participants. Um, and this might be a limitation for what we are interested. Indeed, I mean, uh, if we want to um, say something about whether different people with different economic status um, are behaving differently, then we cannot look at all the two students. And before our study, there, there were a couple of um, papers that tried to do something similar. So, for instance, um, uh, Jaquela found that uh, comparing uh, experiments in the U.S. and experiments in Kenya, Jaquela found that uh, while in the U.S. students made that distinction between people that deserve um, uh, the money and people that don't deserve the money, in Kenya that was not the case. And distributions were much more egalitarian. And second, and I think um, maybe that the idea of the earning dumping effect can be... Um, um, it is more. It is clear in the second study. Um, Jaquela and others found that 
they, they compare two groups of students, uh, female students. And then there were female, uh, there were students who uh, got uh, into a scholarship program and they got better um, um, academic achievements. And then they find that uh, these girls that were doing better academically, uh, they were, they had a higher earn and damning effect. So they were more, they were doing that distinction between um, people who deserve uh, uh, money and people who don't. While uh, girls who had uh, a lower uh, academic achievement were um, not making that distinction, were uh, indeed uh, behaving more uh, in an egalitarian way. So, so this is the experimental background, and now I'm going to tell you what, what we actually did in the lab. So, of course, if you, uh, in this part of the presentation, if you have uh, a question about uh, some of the procedures, please um, interrupt me um, so we don't get lost. Um, so what people play is a full-person dictator game. What is that? So this is a situation in which uh, participants will eventually get an amount of money, and they have to distribute it among four people, including themselves. That's it. So th that, would, that will be indeed our uh, dependent variable. So the decision that uh, participants make in that situation. Second, um, well, each participant will eventually uh, receive a positive sum of money. And then the decision will, will, will be what to do with that money. And in the group of four, now I will even show you the, the picture of how we did it, how we did that. Um, in the group of four, you will know how much each of the other and, and yourself um, um, have. And then each participant is free to make final allocations to distribute the money or redistribute the money in any way subject to only one constraint. That is that uh, they cannot uh, spend more money than they have, basically. And, and indeed, um, and indeed in, in Oxford it will be 44 pounds. Right? So once all participants have made their allocations, their allocations, so there are four participants in each group, uh, then one of the allocations will be randomly selected, and this is what people will learn. So if in that allocation uh, you, were, you were allocated 20 pounds, at the end of the payment you will get 20 pounds in cash. And then they only play once, and it's anonymous, so they don't know who are they playing with. Okay, so this is, um, and I'm happy that in the room the, there, were, there, there are two of the student helpers that helped with, with that experiment, Aaron and Mina. Um, and, and this is, this is the, the, the tray, the decision tray that we use it in, the sec, in, in, in that part of the experiment. So, you see, you are the blue triangle, and then there are all the three triangle. There are 44 black chips. Um, each one is, is, is a pound. And then you will, you will, eventually you will get a tray with different number of chips. And then you will make a decision about how to uh, allocate the chips. So everything is, of course, uh, allowed. So you, you can take the 44, pound, the 44 pounds for yourself. You can divide it evenly. You can divide it according to any other rule. So you can do whatever you want once you get the, the, the tray. Of course, you cannot take um, a chip and home, right? So, yeah? So you deliberately manipulate the initial Yes, this is the next slide. So before the, before the, um, before the distribution phase, uh, there was what uh, we experimentalists call a real effort task. And a real effort task basically means that people have to do a real effort. So um, what is a real effort here? 
So the real effort was to um, fill small pots with, with seven bits of yellow and seven bits of blue gravel each. So let me show you. These were the two um, uh, real effort tasks. So in one of them, they had to uh, basically put seven um, bit, yellow bits and seven blue bits in the, into these small pots. And in the other one, uh, it was the opposite. Once the, pot, the pots were filled, they had to put it back into different uh, boxes, the yellow one and the blue one. OK, why did we uh, need um, two different real effort tasks? Because we wanted to um, be able to tell participants that this was real. So what we were telling them was that uh, uh, they were helping us to uh, prepare the next session. And, th and that was real. Still, I mean, uh, and we were not lying. So still, uh, uh, you can think that um, one of the complaints is always that uh, all these real effort tasks are not real. So, uh, but still, we, without lying, we could tell them that they were helping us with something that has some meaning, was useful. OK, so, and now, the most important thing is that there were two treatments, and then all the participants in all the sessions uh, did the real effort task and then the distribution task, but only in approximately half of the sessions, the two tasks were connected. So in half of the sessions, when you got the, the tray, the distribution that you got in the tray was the result of the, of the effort that people did in the previous phase. And in approximately um, half of the sessions, that was not the case. It was randomly distributed. Right? Yeah? So how many ships you had depended also on how well the other three? Yes. Good question. Um, indeed, um, um, there is an, um, in the paper, there is almost uh, half a page uh, discussing why um, it is important to do it that way. But, but yes, so there was a ranking, and, 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 and it was relative effort. OK, so then we have all the, the, the components. So there is a real effort task. People produce something. In half of the sessions, uh, that productions determined um, the ranking in the, what you get in the second phase. In half of the session, what you get in the second phase was independent of the, of the effort in the first phase. So, coming back to the definition of the earned endowment effect that uh, I, I mentioned before, the idea here was that some people will behave differently in the two treatments, and some people will not behave differently. And those that, and we will say that uh, those that behave differently is because they value effort, and it's because they make a decision between deserve. Um, um, earnings and undeserved earnings. Okay, so in each session, there will be uh, 16 participants, and then we created a kind of uh, an unequal society, right? So and depending on the ranking, there were two people getting 20, four people 14, two people 12, two people 10, four people 8, two people 2. Okay? And they were arrange in that way. So, yeah? So. Is there a reason why you designed the real effort task so that it would be with actual physical objects and not on the computer? Yes. And the reason is that um, um, we will have a very different type of people. So and we could have, and indeed in, in South Africa, uh, we have uh, people who could have troubles with uh, numbers. And we wanted, to be, we wanted the, the, the task to be uh, visual. And, and, you don't, and, and so you could even um, not think about the, the, the numbers behind that. But, but, so the reason is that um, um, uh, it was physical, uh, visual. So, so in each session, there is a kind of a society. And, and then we have uh, uh, people arranged in groups of four, as I said. So typically, you would be, well, always you, you were the, the, um, the, the blue. Um, triangle. So then, if you got this tray, this means 
that uh, you were among the, the, the people who produced it less, um, and then you got only two, uh, two pounds. Now, in both treatments, people were free to rearrange um, the pounds in, in any way. So this means that even if I got two pounds, I can rearrange it so that I get the 44 pounds at the end of the experiment. So this is the, this is the idea. So here, you were the, the top performer, uh, or among the two top performers in the, in the real effort task, and you got 20. Okay, so this is the situation. You get the tray, and now you are free to rearrange the, the, the tray in, in, in any way. Uh, in half of the sessions, you know that, um, um, that um, the distribution of the, of, the, of the chips has to do with the effort, with the ranking uh, in the previous phase, in half of the session was run. So here's another example. So he, this is um, an example of, an, an, let's say, an equal society, which you have 2014A2, and this is an example. We have two set of, of, of trays. This is an example of uh, a more equal starting point. You have 14, 12, 10, 8, okay? But apart from that, and, and well, I can say it now, and, and then I don't have it to explain it later, there is no difference uh, in the uh, main behavior of uh, people in the, in the unequal, more unequal or more equal society. Okay, so, but we said that this is about relative economic status. We said that we are not gonna only uh, focus on students, so what do we do? So in Oxford, we recruited unemployed, unemployed residents of Oxford as relatively low economic status, status subject pool. We recruited uh, employed residents of Oxford as relatively high economic status. And then we also invited um, um, students. First, because uh, we could then replicate what other researchers have done before. And second, because we think that in general students, and especially students at Oxford University, will be more like um, um, high economic status, right? Not in terms of what you have at the moment, but maybe in terms of what you believe you're, you are going to achieve in the future. So you don't, I guess that Oxford University students don't see themselves as future unemployed. Although that might not be the case of all the students, right? So, so we also uh, recruited some people at uh, Brooks University, and we also recruited some people at uh, a father edu edu education college, so the, at Oxford Cherwell um, College. And you will see that there is a, a, a different, maybe in expectations, we don't know, but there is a difference in behavior uh, between the two samples, student samples. Okay, so, and now I'm going to do something that typically you don't see in experimental papers, you see it in, 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 in survey uh, papers, but I think that we should do it more often. So first I'm going to present what, um, what we aimed at in terms of sample, and then, and then I'm going to show you uh, what we uh, end up having in the lab. I mean, it's not very different, but I think it's important that when, when you design a, a research that you um, say what you wanted to do and what you ended up doing. We wanted to have um, 96 students, 64 employed and uh, 64 employed. Remember that we have different types of uh, students. Um, and we wanted to have um, like uh, six sessions of uh, unemployed, uh, four of employed and um, four of students. Right? Then, um, and this is what we um, ended up having. So, you see, so we wanted to have like 224 participants. We ended up having 204 participants. And the most important thing, although it is not a problem, it, it, it is not uh, significant indeed, but, but it's important that you know, is that in principle we wanted to conduct only um, um, only student sessions, employed sessions, unemployed sessions, and we ended up uh, uh, running some mixed sessions. We control for that in the analysis, and it's not, uh, um, it's not an issue. But 
very briefly, this is, I mean, and you can read uh, that in the paper, it is important that we show that uh, we had the design in mind, and then it is a slightly different, but still uh, it is kind of what we were, uh, what we wanted to do. And only, so in the paper you can find a formal model in which uh, uh, we model uh, this idea of the earned endowment effect. Uh, I'm not going to um, explain the formal model now. I'm gonna only going to explain a um, couple of minutes to, to tell you the type of re regressions that, that, we, that we run so you can, um, you can uh, see what we did. So basically, uh, for each subsample, uh, student, employed, unemployed, we run this regression. What is that regression? So basically, um, um, X um, IJ is what participant I gives to J, and this will be um, this will depend on J initial endowment. So remember, you get a tray. Uh, participant J will be in that tray. Will will have in that tray maybe 20. So we think that that will have an impact of what uh, uh, finally uh, participant J gets. Second, um, it will depend on whether they are playing in the earned treatment, where the two phases are connected, or the random treatment, where uh, the, it was random, the, the two phases were not connected. And the most important variable is the interaction between the treatment and Y uh, initial endowment. This means that if you are in the random treatment, you will treat people equally. If you are in the um, earned treatment, you will um, divide the money according to what, according to the ranking of people in the first phase. This is the idea. And this is only the um, um, this high inequality, low inequality uh, manipulation that again is not significant. So we control for that in all the in all the regressions, but um, uh, it is not significant. And the second type of model that we are going to run is a model where, where we in which we we pull all the the, the samples, um, a student, employed, and unemployed. And then we study the interaction between um, um, between the, all these variables and the type of subject. Yes. I was wondering what you told subjects how they pay off so the calculations. Apparently, mm -hmm. they were depending on how the others made the distribution. Yes. Everything that I that I said is is um, public knowledge. So so subjects know everything. Um, in the random treatment, what we did is that we said, uh, okay, so uh, your, your performance in the, well, or your work in the first phase will be rewarded with four pounds. And this is what typically we, we give to people um, and, um, at, the, at the CES, at the, the lab. So we give you four pounds. And then the second phase is not connected to the first phase. And in the earned treatment, what we do is that we, we give them this, uh, the four pounds, um, but then we, we tell them, okay, so you will be rewarded with the four pounds plus um, um, your ranking, in the, um, what you got from the ranking in the first phase. This is what... Uh, and then they know that uh, what they finally get is... Um, um, is, is, is the, the rearrangement, is the redistribution that, that, that participants did. Okay, let me... Uh... Yes, but there were three other people who... Yes, only, only one of the... One, one tray is selected randomly. Yes, yeah, sorry. Okay, so, and then we, we study the interaction, so the next ex slide is the hypothesis. Let me tell you the hypothesis here. So, if we have a, 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 an earned endowment effect, this interaction should be positive and significant. So people should get more 
in the ARM treatment if they produce it more in the first phase. The important thing in the second model is that here we interact the first model with the unemployed variable. So this uh, triple interaction, earned treatment um, um, your endowment, in, uh, your production in the first phase, and being unemployed should be negative and significant. So, so in the second model, this means that in the second model, uh, being un when when you are employed, you have uh, less of a, of an economic effect. So these are the two hypotheses. Now, before presenting the, the regressions, let me give you um, um, uh, some. Well, this is what I said before. Let me give you some demographics and, and some uh, descriptives on on the behavior of, of people. So, demographics. Uh, the most important thing. We have uh, uh, very few um, female unemployed. But this is also, uh, I think, uh, um, it is also what you find in the general population. Then, um, of course, the, the, the age of the students is, is significantly lower, and uh, basically, um, employed are the more educated. So this, generally, this is this is what what, what we have. So you should have ten minutes. Okay. Now behavior. Um, so the fir first thing um, in. So here you see what uh, when when people are uh, completely selfish for all participants, a student, employed and unemployed. Okay, so the first thing is that people were less selfish in general. This is not important for our hypothesis, but uh, still, people were less selfish in the earned treatment. That makes sense. So so when when you all have uh, uh, make an effort, then then uh, basically you uh, you don't give zero to all your um, um, all the all the people in the in the in the group. Second, um, in the in the uh, uh, random treatment, there is much more purely egalitarian behavior. So so this is when you give a fourth. Uh, to, to all the people, including yourself, and, and this is smaller in the earned treatment. And finally, um, we could expect that, uh, so if you leave uh, the tray untouched, this means that you basically are uh, not redistributing, redistributing at all. So and we could expect that this is more, uh, this will happen more in the in the earned treatment than in the random treatment, and this is what happens. So, so you see that um, only in the random treatment, basically, there was redistribution always. Um, but in 30% of the 12% of the cases, uh, people left initial um, uh, the initial distributions un untouched in the earned treatment. Okay, so. And then, and then we find already some differences, but, but um, I don't have much time, so I'm going to show you a, cup, uh, a graph where you can see that uh, uh, very easily, and then the regressions. So now, all the graphs will be the same. So, so let me explain the graph, and, and then I will show you the behavior of different uh, subsamples. So this is, here you have in the, in the um, horizontal, axis, you have the initial endowment. So what people, uh, their position in the ranking in the, in the, in the first phase. Here, you, you see what they got at the end of the experiment. So the idea is that uh, if people redistribute completely, then we would have some kind of uh, horizontal line. If people um, left uh, things untouched, then there would be a like a 45 degree line. Okay, students, random treatment is basically flat. Um, earned treatment has some positive slope, so seems that there is an earned endowment effect here. 
Employed people, again, it's basically flat in the random treatment. Then earned treatment, positive slope. So, so it seems that there is an um, earning dominant effect here. Unemployed people, it's almost half, um, flat, maybe with a, especially maybe with a kind of positive slope, but there are no differences between the, the two uh, treatments. So unemployed people do not distinguish between the random and the earned treatment. Okay, and very uh, quick, the regressions. I already explained that we should find a positive if, if there is an random effect. It should be significant and positive. This is true for students, for employed. Um, it is not true for uh, unemployed. And when you, we have the, the, the second type of model, we find the random effect for everyone and then a negative effect of being unemployed. Okay, Cape Town. Cape Town, uh, the same. Um, so we aim at uh, 236 uh, participants. We have 240. And although there were some changes, um, uh, pretty much we got uh, what we, uh, the, the number of participants and the um, sessions that we wanted. Um, main important thing here, um, the definition of employment status in South Africa is completely different than, than in the UK. So first, because there are no, um, for instance, um, there are no benefits. So, so in the UK, 75% um, of our sample of the unemployed people was um, um, receiving um, uh, uh, benefits. Um, so something else that we did in, the, in, in Cape Town was to use a, um, a question in the, in the pre-experimental questionnaire about their subjective um, uh, economic position. And what we had is that uh, we have, of course, some correlation. Um, basically, all the unemployed um, declared to be uh, low income or poor. But then, I mean, the, it's not clear about uh, um, students or even employed people. So, so then we are going to use uh, both employment status and we are going to use also this subjective um, economic status. Again, students in South Africa, no difference. And this is, and this is new. This is not the case. This is not what we have in, the, um, in Oxford. Employed in South Africa, very clear uh, effect. Unemployed in South Africa, no effect, but be because in both, ca both cases there, there is a positive slope. And now, the most important thing, when you look at the, the uh, subjective uh, economic status, that variable is much more predictive than employment status in South Africa. Here you see that uh, the, the difference between the two treatments is almost perfect. Uh, sorry, this was the, um, the high economic status, so almost flat here, a positive uh, a slope, and no different in, in the um, low economic status. Very quickly, regressions. Um, only significant the earned domain effect in uh, employed people, not in students or um, unemployed. And this, is, uh, and this is the main finding in South Africa, high status high economic status people earn no effect, low economic status people no effect uh, when we interact low economic status with um, uh, their no effect is negative. Now we go back to Oxford and we pull the data of what we thought it was a low economic status. So we put together um, unemployed people on benefits and students from the Father Education College. And we compared their, them with um, employed people and unemployed people not on benefits. And then we, f we find that uh, this, uh, I mean, this is more speculative, but we find that uh, a high status in Oxford give us um, um, an earning domain effect, low status, um, no, and, and then high low in Oxford um, when we interact low status with the earned normal effect is also negative. 
Um, I'm not going to present that, but at some point, and this is very speculative, we pull all the data and we could show that uh, uh, the relative economic status within society is important, but there are no differences between the two societies. So there is a main difference between high and low economic status in, in the UK, in South Africa, and then um, there are no differences uh, across society. So let me finish with um, just two things. First, that uh, we, find, uh, we found, so the main finding you know already, we found something a bit unexpected that we speculate a bit in the discussion, that is that uh, low, especially low economic status people um, uh, left the, the tray untouched. And then we, we speculate why could be that. And one of the reasons is that, uh, especially in South Africa, they are used to, uh, not, uh, to, to not touch things, basically. Leave things uh, untouched, uh, not uh, um, rearrange things in any way. But this is also discussed in the, in the paper, and there are other um, possible motives. And finally, and I think, again, and, um, I like this method, concluding the presentation with some methodological note. So here are the things that can be better done in future research. So we don't have representative samples, and this could be something good. Uh, we could have more survey data and explore, for instance, the impact of, of income. Uh, uh, we, can, we could have a larger number of societies. We only have two. Um, very important. We cannot claim anything about causal, uh, uh, causal relationships. So, um, finally, we say nothing about the preferences of the very rich that may matter a lot in, in, in policies. Okay, thank you. Um, questions, comments? Me. No. So they didn't know anything about this? No. No, no. The only thing that we do, we do about that is that uh, when we pull the data um, of the two societies, we have enough number of sessions to cluster the analysis at the session level. And, and then this is what we do. We control that there are no differences uh, between sessions. Oxford, um, um, uh, I can say that uh, that we expected a, a difference in the um, different um, um, samples in terms of um, employment status. What what it is, um, if you want more speculative and post hoc, post hoc, is what we did then in, in South Africa, that there is a clear effect in, in employed people, and then we don't find an effect in a student. And then we, um, um, we have, uh, fortunately, we have data to construct this um, low and high economic status, and it works. So, and, and we, indeed, we, we say that in the paper. So the, the, the second part is more speculative. And going back to Oxford, distinguishing between uh, university students and further education students is even more speculative. And pull, pulling the data together is even more speculative. But, but, uh, but I think sometimes uh, it's, it's also good to, to do this kind of uh, post hoc uh, exercises. Thank you. You don't examine ideology, and yet I left, right, placement, right. Yeah, this is a this is a good question because indeed um, um, in the Alessina and Giuliano paper, once they control for ideology, uh, the employing uh, the uh, employment status variable 
um, um, uh, I think it's not insignificant, but, but the coefficient uh, is much smaller. So, so yeah, we didn't do that. This is why uh, we would need uh, better data to control for ideology, income. Um, I didn't present the data, but it's in the, in the paper. We, I think we do a good job on education. This is something that we, we had, and, and we showed that education is important, but, uh, but uh, uh, employment style, status is more important. But, um, yeah, but we didn't have that variable. We have a religion, and it didn't work. But <laughs> we, had, we had religion, and it didn't work. But <laughs> There's one at the back. Thanks very much for the presentation. Um, I'm so and my understanding is that we have one of the great biggest catchments for social welfare distribution. So I was just uh, wondering about your, your reference, your lack of benefits in South Africa. So the fact that we have 15 million of 50 million people receiving a grant from the government surely would impact on their perceptions of redistribution. Yes, but. Um as far as I know, and, and I'm not an expert in South Africa, um, uh, there is no um, means-tested uh, um, unemployment benefits. So, because the, the, the effect would be very different. It's very different that uh, uh, you receive um, 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 a, a, a grant or if you receive a means-tested uh, benefit. Like in, in the, um, so for instance, we are pretty confident when we say that 75% uh, of, uh, of the unemployed in, in Oxford were uh, low uh, economic status because we know that the government check that, uh, and this is what we don't have in, in South Africa, I think. Thank you. Uh, one thing that seems like it would be possible in your experiment, since you have, uh, you have information about the employed and unemployed status and you have information about some information about relative earnings, is to, uh, to think maybe about the fact that employed people are likely to have been subject to a type of socialization to be working in an environment where there are certain notions of, of correct and so-called professional behavior. And that might explain some things, for example, the high respect for uh, the, the very big difference. I think in the Oxford experiment, there was a big difference between uh, the way that employed people treated apparently windfall earnings and apparently earned earnings, and that seems bigger than, for example, the students. That might be an effect not so much of economic status, but of the sort of behavior that working people are supposed to um, I think you are completely right, and this is why uh, I think uh, that uh, this no causal relationship is um, it's not only that uh, uh, we are talking about future research. Uh, I think this is a limitation of, of the kind of research that, that we do. We cannot say anything about uh, um, when did that happen. And, and I, think, I think you are right. And the next step, something that we, 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 wanted, we want to do in the, in the future, is to do a more longitudinal study. Um, we were thinking of uh, working on unemployed people who eventually uh, find a job right. and, and test it, uh, them again after six months. You could do the same for students. Exactly. This is, this is, what, uh, this is the next step. Uh, we needed to show that, um, that there are differences in, in all these variables before we can do that. But we cannot claim anything about uh, the causal relationship. And, and I tend... And, and I like that interpretation, so I, I think that uh, it might be the case. In your earlier table, you listed the very, very extreme allocations, the one giving everything to yourself and uh, allocating everyone a, an equal share. And so I think the students one had a, a fairly low share for each allocation. So I was wondering where... Yeah, I mean, I think... Uh, yeah, if I remember correctly, there are... Um, or at least there was uh, there was the slope of the of the lines that to, um, that we show uh, later on, uh, and the slope would be the, the basically the correlation between um, um, it would be a, um, a continuous variable, and it would be a, the correlation between um, the initial endowment and the and the, and the final allocation. And I think that we had that uh, uh, in the paper. Uh, I don't know if we have it uh, still. Um, uh, I mean, I didn't have enough time, but but you see that uh, um, also you can, for instance, see the the mean 
um, allocation to others by by sample. Uh, so. Yeah, so, so you have one uh, initial credit distribution and one random. Yes. What, what I wonder is what would happen if you would have one initial clearly So people would know that those who did well with experiments actually got less than the others. Um. Just like a kind of a future experiment. We, we do, uh, well. It's not a future experiment. I did that in the past. <laughs> so so it's, uh, we don't have that in, the, in this paper. Uh, but, um, but I did that in the paper. And, and I can tell you already what people are going to do. If you really implement uh, something that is um, really unfair, they will compensate. So they will compensate. They will uh, redistribute. So and, and, and I'm top of my head, I mean, um, in two papers that I have about that, uh, like 70, 80% of people will redistribute, uh, rearrange the, 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 the final payouts when, when, you, when you implement a very unfair initial distribution. Yes. Um, I was wondering, among those who left the initial endowments, um, do you have data on how much they were initially given? In the sense that if they were given 20 as opposed to 2, yeah. they leave the initial endowments. Like, oh, well, it just happens to be this way. It's going to be for me, I think, all these things. Yeah, so this is, um, this is what uh, the literature uh, calls the libertarian position. So, um, and, and indeed, uh, we, we try to do something with that. Um, but then the, the thing is that uh, it is a bit counterintuitive because people who left uh, the group who uh, left things untouched more often is, is not employed people. So, so then um, this means that, um, um, I mean, if you pull the data from the two treatments, so, so we speculate about uh, a couple, uh, several reasons why they did that in the paper. But, uh, but we don't have a, a definitive uh, reason why. We, we control for that. So in the, again, in the paper, we only present the, uh, the I think what is more, the more important, um, the most important variable that is education. But uh, also you can see that uh, you can read in the paper that we we did uh, we did uh, control for uh, gender um, and, and other variables. Um, so uh, at least all the usual suspects will be uh, controlled for. Uh, except for probably the um, um, ideology that we uh, we didn't think of. Thank you. Um, I was, can you say some more about this puzzling result, uh, which is the unemployed people being uh, quite respectful of uh, randomly assigned? Um, yeah. Um, no, we. Hmm. Okay, no. Um, the only thing that we do in the we we do in the paper is that um, we discussed uh, or we try to um, argue that uh, several explanations won't be the case. So, so for instance, uh, um, so in principle we thought maybe they are lazier. Lazier, um, and indeed, uh, and, in, and indeed, uh, when when we we have submitted the paper to the uh, uh, Institute for Fiscal Studies uh, um, working paper series, and they uh, ask us to remove the the the, <laughs> the, the word lazy, but but laziness is not the is not the explanation because um, because um, they move things around. Uh, uh, more often when, when, they, when they do it. The problem is that uh, uh, there is a proportion of people that don't do it. Uh, so laziness uh, probably is not the case. Also, they don't produce, they don't put less, um, uh, less effort than, than others in the first phase. So we don't think it's, it's, it's laziness. Um, and then the, the, the explanation that uh, both Abigail and, and Justine um, favor is an explanation in terms of uh, um, 
of uh, um, people in South Africa used to uh, be told what to do, and so they are not. Uh, um, they don't want to change things that are um, um, that have been given to them like that. So this is the explanation that they like, but we cannot uh, prove it. We cannot. Do you consider the issue of trust and in the anonymity of And indeed, this is this is one of yeah. This is one of the comments that uh, that we have got in um, in previous talks, and I think this is a serious uh, um, um, issue because we cannot. Uh, I mean, we we can explain very carefully what we did, but uh, but we cannot say anything about whether people in in South Africa or low 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 stat, low economic status people uh, are whether they are less trust. Um, Trustful. So, <sighs> yeah, it might be. It might be. I mean, um, again, I can, I can argue that uh, there are a couple of things that we don't think. Uh, um, it is, but um, but I cannot say whether it is that they didn't trust the experimenter, um, and it, uh, especially in, in in experimental research, unless you anticipate before the experiment that there could be a, a, a difference in, in trusting behavior between the subsamples, you cannot do anything ex post. So so. What I can guarantee is that um, um, they all have the same procedures and materials, and even the same. We were lucky because the same uh, experimenter um, read uh, what conducted the experiment in, in, in Oxford and, and South Africa, um, Simon, um, and I think he did a very good job. But but if unemployed people in South Africa trust the experiment less than other. Uh, part of the sample. This is something that uh, we cannot say. We cannot know. Um, I was just wondering, do, do, do participants know which group other participants belong to? No. 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 And this is the and this is the thing about mixed sessions. So in principle, we want it all to be the same, right? Only a student, only employed, and so on. Then, especially for. Unemployed people was not possible. I mean, it was very difficult to uh, recruit unemployed people and bring them to the lab in the UK. So it was very difficult. This is why um, every time that, I, that we had uh, an unemployed guy, um, basically uh, he was participating or she was participating. So, so we didn't have purely unemployed sessions, maybe one, but, but in general it was mixed sessions between employed and unemployed. So, what we can do, and this is why one of the reasons why we pull the data of all the uh, sessions at the end of uh, the paper, is that uh, we know that we can cluster at the session level if we have more than 30 sessions. When we pull the, the data uh, of the two um, experiments, we have more than 30 sessions, and we can uh, control, we can um, see whether the different sessions make um, um, Make an impact on the on the results, and and this is not the case. Any more comments? Question? Yeah. Can I ask about what you meant by unemployment? Because my understanding of unemployment is actively looking for work, and therefore you can be registered unemployed, and therefore you can always be in the UK in receipt of benefits. Uh, and I was also intrigued as to how you recruited. Okay, so yes, yeah. So we um, uh, the way we recruited unemployed. Uh, so before this experiment, from when when we established the lab, we started to recruit uh, um, all sorts of people, um, including um, yeah, um, well, non-students. So uh, so we had some unemployed people in the in the, in the sample, and we did another round of recruitment um, and we attracted some employed, especially employed, but also some unemployed people. Now, that was not enough. 
So to get um, um, the quota sample of unemployed people, we had to go to the uh, job center. And then we were recruiting people and basically in front of the um, job center plus that uh, fortunately in Oxford is round the corner of the lab. So, and this is also in the paper. So, but, but concerning the first thing, the first, the first thing that you said, uh, you could be unemployed but have, uh, but, don't but don't fulfill the requirements for, uh, for a benefit. I mean, you, can, you could be unemployed and maybe have, uh, I don't know, two houses, and then, and then you wouldn't receive uh, um, a benefit. What do you think not a non-participating Well, uh, I don't know, but, but I guess that you could be unemployed, you could be looking for a job, but still, I mean, imagine that, uh, so I, I could be an unemployed in, in, in the UK and I could register, but, uh, but probably I wouldn't get, uh, so it's means tested, right? So, so, or maybe I would get, but, but, uh, but um, probably if you have properties of, if you have, no, indeed, indeed we look at that. And, and if you have more than certain amount of money in the bank, for instance, you don't receive a, a benefit. So, so that would be the case. Seventy-five percent of, of them are receiving benefits. So, so most of the cases are like you said. But, but, but then um, this is why uh, this other twenty-five percent we think if we think they are, let's say, rich unemployed people. Any more questions or comments? I have a few seminar announcements to make. Uh, one is that Michael Bates will be giving a talk today at 5 p.m. in the college uh, on, in the social network uh, series, and he will be talking about uh, protests in the American South and the effect of desegregation. So uh, if you have time, I do go to Matthew at 5 for that. And on Wednesday, 5 p.m. in Matthew again, uh, Rebecca Sear, which is from uh, Durham University, We'll be talking something about a height and fertility reduction. Yeah, I think more generally, height and success in various And then next Monday, uh, in this uh, seminar series, Christiana Helmansig, who's from Hamburg, will be uh, talking about uh, peer groups and location and superstar in the world of arts. So um, she has some data about artists and who maybe they can you know, um, struggle a lot. So do come along and find out the secrets of uh, super stardom. Uh, but before we disperse, let's uh, thank Luis again for a really... <laughs>